This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is the newly elected president of the U.S. Grains Council, Illinois farmer Ron Gray. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by CHS Inc. CHS Inc. is a leading global agribusiness owned by farmers, ranchers, and cooperatives across the United States. CHS has diversified in energy, grains, and foods and committed to growing their business through domestic and global operations. What does it mean to be relevant in today's global agriculture marketplace? To CHS, it means having the people and facilities in place to deliver U.S. grain to a feedlot in South Korea or investing in energy production and distribution to help ensure dependable fuel supply for our local communities. In fact, we've invested more than $1.4 billion on our owner's behalf to make sure we stay relevant now and into the future. To learn more, visit chsinc.com. Welcome back to AgriPulse Open Mic. This week, our guest is Illinois corn farmer Ron Gray, who was recently elected president of the U.S. Grains Council. Gray suggests the paradigm shift to larger domestic and global supplies of feed grains would be both an opportunity and an obstacle for the industry. As a farmer, he respects the task of meeting a growing demand for food, but like others in the industry, is challenged by trade restrictions from importing countries. Markets work best when when they're transparent and market signals are sent from one end to the other in a very direct manner. And and with trade barriers and, and different trade disagreements, uh, those messages get mixed or muted. And and so it's very hard for a market to operate efficiently. And, and as the Grains Council, we, we try to address as many of those as well as we can and, and provide for a smoother and more efficient marketing system. Well, unlike other commodity groups that are straight and about the commodity, you include a number of commodities and also some industry as well. It's a unique position. It is. Uh, we, as, as you mentioned, we are not just producers, although the, the marketing and the checkoff boards throughout the country are participants from, from corn. Uh, we also represent barley and sorghum, and then tech providers, uh, seed technology providers, equipment manufacturers, uh large and small grain merchandising companies, ethanol plants. Uh, we have a mix of, of business and production agriculture that, that really allows us to sit at the table and have some very frank discussions about the needs and, and problems and frustrations of each link in that chain. We are not on an island as a producer. Uh, for example, let's talk about China for just a moment. When they throw up barriers to our corn, or to barriers to our dried distilled grains with solubles. It's not just the farmer that suffers, it's everyone along that supply chain. Right. It, it, it's very frustrating for everybody in that chain. What, what we sometimes as, as producers don't fully appreciate, there are, there are people who have made commitments based on those transactions and prices at those commodities that when these barriers come up, they, they may lose a lot of money. And, and even, even within the country, they were depending on that feed ingredient to put in their rations. And if, if they get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time by these what seem to be arbitrary actions, it can cause a very serious impact to them, and and it has any time trade is is threatened, it adds risk to the everybody in that system, and and it costs all of us uh, farmers as a result in a lower price, and and the end user in a higher price, and it's just not it's just a bad situation. If you're a shipper, I'd have to think you're a little gun shy. I mean, number one, you want to make the sale, but you don't want to see that uh, vessel arrive at port, and then suddenly. What you thought was a sale now is a, a product that is floating on the water, and you're looking for another customer. 
No, that that is just about the worst outcome you can have as a shipper or as a, as a merchandiser is that that you ha- think you have the sale, you've established the price and and the quantities and and have are all but delivered them, and then it changes. The what has happened in this case? This is another place the U.S. Grains Council is is addressing this problem. Although we're trying to resolve that particular type of situation on an ongoing basis with with China or any place they they happen, we also understand that they're probably not going to be resolved instantly. And so we're cre- finding and 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 creating and developing markets for those. Those commodities, those DDGS, to be transshipped to the next best use of them in another country or in a ration in a country somewhere else where we can at least get them off the market and, and, and try to maintain an effective price for, for all of us. Staying on that point, how important is it and, and what success have you seen with the maize all group of the, the globe's producers of feed grains, of corn, uh, and, and what you need from your customers? Well, uh, um, Maisal, as you mentioned, is, a, is an international uh, group of Argentina, Brazil, and, and the United States producers. And, and they, have been, they have been a force, and, and I, I think I can't overestimate the impact that producers can have on a stage uh, in, in this regard, because when they approach countries such as China or other countries and and bring the viewpoint that that we need this technology to produce the grain that you are going to want and it it's not it there's there's no other intent other than just being more effective and more efficient producers it it puts a different tone to the discussion and and so I believe they've been effective but but they are just one of of many resources that we are trying to use to uh, solve this problem and, and create a more uniform and synchronous genetically or GMO approval process in the world. With regard to the, the Chinese and, and this acceptance of technology, um, is, do we have a timetable? Uh, is there any expectations for what, what we might expect, or is this just going to be a long, slow grind? Well, um, you know, Timetables applied to these sorts of situations are usually lead to disappointment. So I, I, there is not one. Uh, sooner is better. Uh, we are doing all the things that uh, we, being the U.S. Grains Council and and many others, are 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 focused on trying to resolve this issue for for our members and for for everyone in the supply chain. But but it is going to. It is likely to be an ongoing uh, concern uh, and, and not resolved immediately. Some farmers measure themselves not by their age, but by the number of crops they've raised. How deep are you into this ag business? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've farmed all my life. I'm 62 years old, so I, I guess, uh, and, and, but I, I actively farmed with my, my father and then my brother for uh, about 45 years. It's, uh, not, it's not getting any easier, is it? Uh, no, not, at, at, at 62, few things are getting easier other than <laughs> forgetting things. But, uh, but I, uh, it's, it, it's more complicated. There's more, more opportunities to, to, 
utilize new and interesting technologies, but, but with that comes uh, the cost and just the ability to embrace it and, and utilize it well. Well, the scale that you are forced to produce at, the economics of scale to spread your risk and to spread, you know, inputs and, and the margin that you have, and certainly it was a little wider a few years ago, and now it looks like it's going to be tremendously tight. Uh, the, the scale that you have to operate on and the financial pressures that are on top of you are one thing. But the environmental pressures and the challenges that are just coming from from uh, from weeds and from insects, you need every advantage that you can. And Ron, I said that to make this point because there are companies today that have new technologies in seed that either A, haven't been approved by our own government, or B, that our customers won't accept. That's frustrating. It, it, it's very frustrating, you know, and... and it is it, it's as if the we've become in in a bullseye of of everyone in the world uh, having an uh, an opportunity to have influence on how rapidly this this is developed and implemented and and no doubt with a growing middle class uh throughout the world and, and where, wherever you're at uh, the economies are developing and and we're you know it's not just latin america or asia but but africa is starting to develop a middle class and we we are going to need the capacity to produce over time and and there's other advantages uh the reduced use of pesticides there it, there are lots of wins with this and and we just need to be able to share that uh, the safety and the improvements that they bring to, to those who are concerned. I know that you represent sorghum and barley as well as corn, but let me ask from a corn perspective, how, what does sustainability mean to you, and, and how is the definition of sustainability now becoming so important in the global marketplace? Well, sustainability is is one of those words that uh, is often in the eye of the beholder. But but to me, it it means an ever improving efficiency of utilization of the resources it takes to produce a crop, and and sustainable uh, for other people. They they tag many different things to it, and and that's a process we all need to try to get together with and 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 come up with an understanding of of this process what we want at the end of it and and I think improvement is really a big component of it and I I believe that the technologies that we're getting whether it's GPS or whether it's uh better corn hybrids are all instrumental in in providing a, a safer more bountiful food supply for the world. I think you have some countries that you want to sell to and certainly some antagonists that are around the world that want to use the definition of sustainability to limit you and the technologies that you use from these new hybrids and new varieties uh, from some of these processes that are being developed in science today that they really want no part of. Absolutely, that exists, and and those start to engage into you know politics and 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 belief systems in in, in some countries, and and it, it it is really a challenge to to traverse through through that that landscape when when there are so many interests, and and we we strive to do it with scientific experimentation or scientific fact, and and show the the viability of these technologies and and when someone has an, a different view or a different agenda it, it's very difficult discussion to have and and come to a result that is is all can 
and embrace. Do you think we'll see the globe move to accept, or do you think that we'll continue to have a, a segregated market for those who do and those who don't? Well, I, uh, I I think that's yet to be determined. I, I most likely, you know, at some level, it, it will be a segmented market for for a very long time, and that's that's not necessarily a, a bad thing by definition. In that that we do need to provide our customers the products that they want in the quantities that that they want them, but but we we can't hold the whole system hostage to. To things that are impossible to deliver, uh, uh, low-level presence being one of them. If, if the, there is to maintain absolute uh, low levels or no presence of any any particular event in a shipment of grain is is not going to be possible over the long term. Nor has it ever been possible. I think we've learned in science today that zero really doesn't exist. Well, I, I think that's right. You know, and risk is risk is in the eye of the beholder. We all travel down the road every day taking risks that we, we've learned to embrace and find it just a part of a normal life. And, and when something new comes along, we have to adjust our, our meters again to kind of get our head around what the risk really is. I think the producers and the industry that you represent would like to be able to feel like in your tenure as, as president of the group that you can solve all these problems. Uh, chances are it'll carry on a little bit further, but but how do you pick up the stake and and how do we continue to chip away uh, at the challenges that are in front of us with regard to to resistance toward technologies? Well, I'd like to think that too, but I think you're right. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, the, the the reality is that you know it it is just an everyday process. You know, there's not a silver bullet that we can put in put in the gun and 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 resolve the issues. It, it is just an education process throughout the world. That that whenever there's challenges, we need to deliver a, the information in a way that they can put it in their process and and evaluate it and making sure there are processes that are proficient or efficient in in analyzing this wherever in whatever country there is uh, is a very important component we the grains council interacts with governmental agencies uh, not only ours but all over the world and and we are trying to create an environment where where science-based uh, information is processed in a way that that will allow uniform acceptance of products throughout the world. It looks like if uh, the weather holds together, there's going to be more bushels of corn, more bushels of soybeans, and obviously more opportunity for for the crush in soy with more meal. How do you see the the paradigm shift to greater supply? Is that a plus or is that a challenge for you? It's. It's both. I mean, no doubt, uh, this environment, uh, from the producer's standpoint is, is very concerning. Uh, the, the gross dollars are, are going to, they're going to be less. The profitability is going to be less. And, and so it, the uncertainty of price in this equation brings, uh, concern. But the opportunity to export is going to be greatly enhanced. A year ago, we did not have exportable supplies and there were constraints on exports simply because there was not grain to export it it, it wasn't uh, a lack of effort it was just uh, there was not grain and the price was so high it uh, people could not afford to put it in their rations now we will watch corn and all grains feed back into rations around the world uh, uh, ethanol remains very profitable livestock profit 
profitability is up. So, so there are opportunities to utilize this this large crop, and and longer term that will build demand. But it, it, it is going to be very concerning over the next few months. Our thanks to this week's guest, Ron Gray, president of the U.S. Grains Council. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by CHS Inc., a leading global agribusiness owned by farmers, ranchers, and cooperatives across the United States, diversified in energy, grains, and foods, and committed to growing their business through domestic and global operations. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nally.